Hey guys, it's Gilda. We meant to mention this during the episode, but due to us being quite high, it slipped our minds. We have been cranking out two episodes a week since September, and while that's allowed us to absolutely plow through season one, we're going to start releasing one episode a week on Mondays. We will still be recording classic episodes on quote-unquote off weeks, and we will be finishing our Live from New York SNL history series on the SNL Bible Live from New York between seasons one and two. Steph and I are normal people, and with us having full-time jobs, lives, and, well, the overall state of the world these days, watching, recording, and editing two episodes a week simply isn't sustainable for our schedules or mental health. We absolutely love doing the podcast, and we don't want to stop, which is why we're making this change. So we'll see you next Monday with our recap of Dan Levy and Phoebe Bridgers. Enjoy the show. And I'm Steph. And this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where, well, we get high and watch and then talk about Saturday Night Live. Yes, and we're talking about last night's episode, season 46, episode 10, hosted by John Krasinski. Um, And the musical guest was Machine Gun Kelly. I forgot to mention that last night. The date was January 30th, 2021. This was the first 2021 episode. And the first Biden as president episode. Oh, fuck. It was, I, there was like such a sense of relief that it's like the cast felt much more relaxed. And I'm sure that has to do with the six weeks they just had off, but I'm sure not worrying about the fate of democracy has also allowed them to, you know, be a bit funnier. Still a bit worried, not going to lie. And you could see they were too at some points. Yeah, I mean, they opened the show, the cold open was just a Kate, a Kate McKinnon. It was a sketch with Kate McKinnon as herself talking about what still works. And they just kind of go through aspects of American society that may or may not still be working. It was great because it was like it was political, but it wasn't a purely political sketch, which is what I feel like we've only had in the season for like the past four years that's all we've yeah. had it's just been donald trump and news shows or press conferences and this reminded me so much of a pre-donald trump cold open they're normally political like the cold opens it covers stuff that happened the week prior but it was just like uh, yeah it was just so chill and everybody in the audience was loving it i thought it was a really great way to start the episode um a number of impressions there were a lot of impressions this episode they kind of let people like do their thing in terms of oh you you can do this guy great let's do it like i loved it i'm pretty sure every single cast member was in the episode I believe so. And that's the first time that's happened in a long time, it feels like. I mean, it's a big ass cast. I, I don't know. It was a big ass cast. But yeah, um, <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know. It was like everyone got to play last night and it felt really good. Yeah, it did feel good. Um, and it, it felt great just seeing Cecily Strong coming through doing <laughs> that Marjorie Taylor Greene impression. Or, I mean, I just, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she, um, I actually was surprised by SNL's choice to use 
Cecily Strong as Marjorie Taylor Greene as I definitely thought Heidi Gardner was going to be. I thought for sure that's a Heidi Gardner character. So I wasn't upset to see Cecily Strong. I was just like, oh, interesting choice. Okay, cool, do it. I could see her as well. Yeah. Um, Jesus, there were just so many fucking lines that worked for me in this episode. Um, they had the CEOs of Twitter and Facebook come out and one of them I think it was Mikey Day was playing Jack Dorsey and he has like the two foot long weird beard thing and he's like is it working and Kate McKinnon just fired back with a fucking banger of a line that was just like it's working in terms of keeping me a lesbian it's just like Jesus Christ yes yeah it was so great um they had Pete Davidson playing some like GameStop employee who he just had to say oh it's actually the stonk market and that was that was funny <laughs> yeah it was honestly every fucking time i hear someone say stonks i burst out laughing it's the funniest thing for me i don't know why i do not know how the stock market works i've watched multiple documentaries on it still don't get it um, i keep trying but I, it doesn't it's not ever gonna click <laughs> no it's just something about owning a part of a business but then you're act you don't really I, I don't fucking know i liked that it was pete davidson saying stonk um i felt like he did a lot of great things this episode did he was in a lot of this episode and he also he looks even healthier than the last time we saw him like whatever he's doing keep doing it bro because like he he looked happy he looked healthy he did not look stoned i mean he could have been stoned at some point. I, I mean, he could have been, but I don't know. There have certainly been episodes where I look at him and I'm like, yeah, you are on at least two substances right now. So, yeah. Fair. Um, this cold open also had the host in it, which doesn't always happen, you know? Um, no, but apparently John Krasinski is an SNL fanboy. So, like... I get that he took the opportunity to be in the cold open. He was portraying Tom Brady and Kate McKinnon's like, oh man, you're in the Super Bowl. I'm guessing everyone's rooting for you. And he's like, nope, almost nobody, which is true. Um, as a born and raised not Patriots fan, I want nothing more than to see Patrick Mahomes fucking stomp old man Brady into the ground on Sunday. But you know, that's just me. Keenan is OJ Simpson, who apparently has gotten his corona vaccines, which I'm sorry, I did not know that. What the fuck? Wait, oh why my are we God. giving OJ vaccines? Yeah, I'm pretty sure OJ Simpson got his vaccines because he's on Twitter and he can't not. Oh, tweet yeah, no, about I assumed that that was a fact. I was just saying, wait, oh my God, because um, I don't know if I told you, but where I work, they're giving everybody who gets a vaccine a $100 gift card. Oh my God, can they hire me? <laughs> Bro, right? Oh I was like, okay. <laughs> like I was gonna get it anyway, but like. Right, if you're gonna pay me, I'll double get it. Yeah. Yeah, he apparently got the vaccine yesterday while wearing a face mask that said the juice. So. I think they buddy, referenced that in the like, sketch as well. Oh, okay. I didn't, I, well. Probably. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was scrambling with Twitter and like, okay, cool. Writing, taking notes. And Steve was like, you okay? You need help? I'm like, I, I need you to stop talking right now. This, this, you're distracting me. There was a lot going on. 
There was. And it ended with Kate McKinnon being like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. It's, eh. it's like, yeah. And she said, live from New York alone, which I feel like that was the first time that's happened in quite a few episodes. Yeah, it's normally a group activity. Go her. Yeah. She had some great fun moments this episode. Um, but yeah, so then we went into John Krasinski's monologue where he was talking about how uh, he explained it to his kids as if he was on his favorite show. You know, like the, their favorite show is Paw Patrol, uh, which checks fuck, kids love fucking Paw Patrol, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which I love that when you type in, because um, I've had this happen with a number of friends who have kids, they're like, oh, I want to watch Paw Patrol. And the parents are like, Paw Patrol? What? Paw Patrol? Who's oh Paw Patrol? And when you go to Google and if you type in who is Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol comes up as a response. <laughs> so it's like so many parents have been like, what is my tiny human talking about? I don't know what to do with him. Speaking so, yeah. of what is tiny human doing um at work this girl she walked up to a wall outlet and she held her hand out to it and then walked away rubbing her hands together like she was rubbing hand sanitizer in and so I told my roomie about that and she was like oh my god and she sent me this tiktok of another girl doing that with just like every you know thing that looks like it could be a hand sanitizer dispenser that's a thing. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. It's really funny. We write like journals to the kids every week and I wrote about it in hers. So that way. Yeah. Because the mom, oh my gosh, she always writes back. It's so cute. She puts pictures in it. Oh, I love it. But yeah, the monologue started off eh for me. And when they went to a question and answer thing, I was like, oh no, come on. John Krasinski deserves so much better than a question and answer monologue. But Jim but- in the office. Yeah, and it was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. And it kind of turned into this meta, all of the cast members were just, you know, oh, hey, oh my God, um, you need to kiss Pam. And we've been stuck, it's, everyone had been stuck inside for a year watching The Office. And then Pete Davidson comes out and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, they are gonna do this. And I shrieked so loudly. It was amazing. Yeah, they were all chanting kiss Pam um because Pam because they thought that Pete Davidson was Pam and they they made out and it was pretty good and then I don't know if you noticed but at the end like they went for a hug I low-key thought they were going to start kissing again I got a little excited (laughs) oh my god yeah no I thought that was fucking great I was like okay that started off and I was dreading I was just like get through the monologue just end it just go to the next thing which I was very confused I don't know that you saw this because you just watch it like post. I don't, you don't see ads, correct? Um, no, but I do see like, like how there was an ad break issue with last night's episode. I got that. Okay. So there, there were ad break issues towards the end. Um, but I was like, oh my God, that's Dana Carvey and Mike Myers doing Wayne's World. Is SNL doing a Wayne's World sketch right now? And I was like, so fucking thrilled. And I'm like, well, that didn't turn out to be anything. I thought it was just like, okay, so 
Dana Carvey and Mike Myers are like, tune in next week during the big game. We can't say the name legally, but we have something going on. And it was like, oh, so it was an ad for something they're doing next week within a sketch. But then it turns out it wasn't even a fucking sketch at all. It was just an Uber Eats ad because apparently Uber Eats is the sponsor for the Super Bowl this year. And the ad they did was Mike Myers and Dana Carvey reprising their Wayne's World characters. And apparently there's going to be like a Wayne's World ad next week. But I was like, what fucking brilliant ass marketing to put that as the first commercial in an ad break. I literally, it took me half an hour to figure it out. And a very helpful Twitter user was like, um, that, that was an Uber Eats commercial. That was not, that was not a sketch. Like they're, they're the sponsor for the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's great. Good information. But I was super fucking confused for quite a bit. Oh my God. I don't remember if my peacock showing had that ad gotcha it was i truly kudos to uber eats because i was like i'm thoroughly confused by that and next that was it was like an ad it was a sketch that wasn't really a sketch and i was like why did they waste showtime on this they didn't (laughs) The, the next sketch was really weird though it was called blue georgia and it was just like about Georgia but every character who was there was like surprisingly liberal I guess was the joke um yeah Pete Davidson was wearing a Syracuse sweatshirt because apparently he had um famously shat all over Syracuse not too long ago oh no yeah I didn't really know about that um the waitress was played by A.D. Bryant right Yes. Yeah, and she um, <laughs> she introduced herself. She said like that her pronouns were uh, she slash ma'am. It was so cute. I honestly, I really, I liked this sketch. I thought it was, I mean, it was just like Georgia and now, oh, we went blue. We're super progressive. And it's like, okay, but where's the catch? And like, they're talking about like, where's the men's room? And it's like, oh, men's room. We have a gender neutral restroom right down the way. And it was like, it was fucking funny. It was reimagining Georgia as a liberal, like heaven. But, and so it just goes on all of these tropes about how these people, they're all super liberal. And a guy with a make America great again hat comes in and he sits down and they're like, you better leave. We'll drive you to the, we'll drive you to the, uh, We'll drive you to the border, but you can't stay here. And then I think it was Cecily Strong came in. And now maybe it was um, the health department. Yeah, the health that department. That was Melissa Villasenor. Yeah. And she came in and she's like, guys, we have a problem. Nobody in this town is wearing masks. And everyone pulls out their guns and they're like, because freedom. And it was like, okay. So Georgia is still Georgia. But, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought it was. There was no need for it to be in the show. It was just fun. It ended it just- with Pete Davidson saying, was it Pete Davidson saying, that's Georgia? Yeah, yeah he was like, well, well, yeah. Also, the Syracuse thing, I guess um, Pete Davidson, uh, he filmed a movie in Syracuse in 2018. Uh, in an interview with Variety in 2019, he said his time filming in Syracuse sucked. The quote, Quote, the whole town of Syracuse blows, Davidson said in the interview. To be honest, they just found out I was there and tried to arrest me the entire time. There's nothing going on there, so they were hunting me down the entire time. Never again, Syracuse. And while he was there, he was driving the car. His passenger was 
they were pulled over. His passenger was charged with possession. But yeah, so hey, that okay, cool. I'm glad he wore. I'm glad he did that. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then the next sketch was like just like a pre-recorded thing. It was titled "The Loser," which. This felt really familiar to me. I really feel like we've seen something like this in the past few years. I can't put my finger on it. I smoke way too much weed, but it was like, I've seen this before, but with different people. And it was John Krasinski and his little brother played by Andrew Dismukes. And the little brother was being bullied and made fun of. And John Krasinski's a jock and he runs out and he's like, hey guys, don't make fun of him for this. But then the rest of the sketch proceeds to like make fun of his brother and kind of put him down in front of these people by revealing like really personal stuff. Yeah, just gets like increasingly worse, which is sort of like a a joke format that I've seen a lot, I feel like. Yeah. I was just like, all right, what, why, why are we doing this again? Was there nothing, you know, what, what got cut during dress that shouldn't have, that this piece should have been left on the floor. This could have been a save for later or cut for time or whatever they call it. Cut for time. Yeah. No, this ended with like a joke about him pooping his pants. Yeah. Like, come on. I, I know it was very juvenile which all right fine I get it if you're gonna do it that's fine but I don't know it just didn't the sketch didn't feel right although there was a line he was like he's just a kid with a list of jocks names in his wallet <laughs> one of the kids was like that's concerning it was like that was fucking funny we did laugh at that one <laughs> the next sketch was titled the dividend it was like a CNBC thing where they were talking about uh stonks the, the stock. yeah really I, I couldn't even tell you what they were talking about because i kind of like whenever i see stuff about the stock market i couldn't I, I can't no if someone had texted me and been like yo you should buy some GameStop," i would have been like okay cool all right like if you think that's gonna work i you know i would have done that but no 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 one no one decided to let me in on the money scheme yeah unfortunately <laughs> just a regular old person who didn't invest in GameStop um yeah. and this whole sketch was about John Krasinski who was some sort of expert Skyping in from Connecticut and he had these creepy ass fucking children played by Kate McKinnon and it was it was Kyle Mooney right I thought it was Mike you know what I get them confused all the time <laughs> Literally, I can't keep their names straight. I I know their faces and I know like I see their faces and I'm like, oh yes, I know which one it is. But Mikey and Kyle, it's like they're just such generic dude names that I'm like, yeah, the cute dude. And then there's like, yeah, the dude that kind of looks like a bird, but also is kind of cute and like yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, I love Kyle Mooney. I don't like his baby Yoda, but I love Kyle Mooney. And I, yeah, no, it was, I, I just can't keep him straight. I like Kyle Mooney and I like his baby Yoda. <laughs> I'll say it loud and proud. <laughs> um, yeah, but John Krasinski, like, yeah, you said he had a 
fucked up kids and like there was art on the back wall of someone like pulling their skin off their face and it was like what the fuck yeah like, wasn't expecting that and then like the thing that his son had made was a baby centipede uh it was pretty spooky well, shit centipediatric was yeah yeah it was like a stack of babies it was like but it was like there was a head on top and legs on the bottom but just like 12 torsos and arms in between that it was it was didn't need to see that before bed yeah when um cecily was like dale what's your take on this um and he goes oh i don't know maybe they're homeschooled or something (laughs) i laughed really hard like no dale the stocks um yeah i i laughed very hard at that too because these kids are like getting increasingly kind of like hostile towards dale um and they're like cut the interview uh or, or no 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 i was like at this point like jesus christ cut the interview but i thought it was really funny that they were when the kids were standing behind john krasinski they were like we saw pornographic images or videos on our phone why did we like it father and it was just like the creepiest funniest thing that like they're asking him if he liked it too yeah it was, oh my god it was so oh god i i actually really enjoyed the sketch and i thought like the them showing up behind the news desk at the end and then it like cutting to their feet like it cut to commercial and then their faces flashed back on the screen for a second and i was like oh spooky snl okay yeah i liked that um the next sketch was an ad for now that's what i call theme songs sung by the stars of the show uh i thought this was really fun it was a lot of um what's the word was that not your next thing no it i took notes about this and they're not here so i think a page got deleted (laughs) oh you took notes about it and they're not there okay Right. Yeah. So it's like, wait a minute. I was like, that isn't what I have next, but yes, yes. Let's talk about that because I had a lot of awesome thoughts. Okay. Yeah. It started out and they were talking about how Nicole Kidman sings the theme song for her show, The Undoing. And I remember who was playing her, but somebody was playing her well. I believe it was Chloe Feynman. Chloe Feynman. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, and that, it was just a bunch of different examples of shows and funny little theme songs for them. Queen's Gambit was singing about doing drugs, doing drugs and playing chess and how that's the whole show. And Stranger Things was Hopper, um, Bridgerton, Succession, The Crown. The Crown was Julian Anderson. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. It was amazing. Honestly, I could watch Pete Davidson sing uh sing the succession. theme song to succession i could watch that on fucking repeat i thought it was hilarious have you seen succession no oh my god and i know you keep like saying it's good <laughs> it's fucking hilarious it's incredible and there's only two seasons so it has been so long at least in my mind i don't remember anything from the past few years but I remember like god well this is probably about a decade ago wow okay um they would do these around the holidays and it would just be like different celebrities or different singers 
like just impressions of people doing Christmas songs or whatever. And we hadn't had one of those in so long. And when I saw what they were doing, I was like, oh my God, amazing. Because I love these. And I was like, even though I know I've seen the format before, it felt fresh. And I thought it was a really good chance to let people show off their impression work and skills and stuff. It was like letting people kind of like, yeah, I almost said grow your wings, spread your, spread their wings a bit. So. Yeah. And of course had John Krasinski doing the office because that's mm-hmm. a great theme song and he was there. <laughs> It was, that was actually, I really liked that. The next sketch was, it was like a, a meeting of a bunch of neighborhood friends for the little, you know, quarantine bubble game night. Um, and they were trying to play Pioneers and they were waiting for the pizza at the same time. So when there's a knock at the door, uh, they go and get it and Basically, everybody at this party ends up getting arrested for their involvement in uh, the insurrection at the Capitol. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was a really good way to kind of talk about the whole insurrection at the Capitol thing without making it a cold open or like a focal point of the show. It was just kind of slipped into the middle. I did think it was funny in that like they kept going to answer the door and it's FBI agents and then finally the pizza shows up and it's Bowen Yang and he's like nope surprise I'm the FBI and it turns out that I think it was Heidi Gardner was on the couch and uh someone maybe Beck Bennett um was like oh my god you can't trust any friends anymore you just don't know who people are and she's like surprise I'm an FBI agent you're under arrest and it turns out that most of the people at the party were actually um Terrorists. And they were all pretending not to be. It was good. It yeah. was fun. Um, <laughs> well, and as everyone got taken away, it was like, who could have thought racist Craig or like whatever? And it's like everyone had a nickname of like racist Craig or homophobic Gene or what whatever. So I thought that was also really, really good. Yeah. Uh, then we had a performance by Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. He, I forgot to look up what he, I forgot to look up what he performed. Okay, and I will say this. Last night, Gilda was very confused because they're showing promos for Machine Gun Kelly and like how they're setting him up. And I'm like, why the fuck is he holding a guitar? And I'm like, all right. And so I then went to Twitter and I was like, all right, Gilda's showing her age because I definitely thought Machine Gun Kelly was a rapper. And which some no, point, I did at too. some point, some- yeah, no, he apparently is a rapper, but he's just shifting into like an alt rock, early 2000s grunge rock thing or whatever the fuck. So it's like, all right, cool genre shift. I'm fine with it. I actually really liked both performances. And that is not something I expected to come out of last night's thinking or saying. Like, I was just like, all right, let's just get through this. I didn't think it was my style. And because I'm, again, I said it last night on Twitter, but I'm really happy. Like, I know I'm a stoner, but like, I'm really happy I didn't just, like, imagine a whole ass side career for Machine Gun Kelly and just, like, create that in my mind. I'm happy that it actually happened. Like, that I that gave me some relief. It was like, oh, oh, cool. I'm not just making wild shit up just for giggles. I mean, no, I was, I was also a little bit confused. <laughs> yeah, but the first performance was my ex's best friend. So. All right. Yeah. 
weekend update. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I did like a lot of this. Um, it got, it got better as it went. I felt like. Yeah, it did. Um, there was a joke about how the main exports of America are like tactical gear and student loan debt. And it's like, yep, that's, that's not wrong. Yeah. Uh, Jost had a line about making Rand Paul fight Logan Paul and then whoever loses America wins. Again, no lies here. Yeah. Um, I thought Rand Paul, who looks like Kevin Spacey as an old woman, I thought that was... There was something about Mad Max overthrowing the Capitol. I only um, recently just watched that movie. I was a little bit confused by it, can't lie. Um, yeah, there was a joke that Che made that didn't totally go over well in the audience, didn't totally go over well here, and Colin Jost was like, no, dude. Um, which was a joke about Biden repealing the uh, trans- the ban on transgender people in the military. And Michael Che made a joke about uh, don't ask, don't talk. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we were kind of like, maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah, so ironically, and I just got a text from a friend saying that he didn't like one of Michael Che's jokes. And this happened like while we were recording and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then I was like, which one? And then we just got to this part and I'm like, I know what joke he didn't like, I remember. Um, yeah, didn't, it's like, I don't know. I just, I feel like that didn't need to go live. That one, it felt icky. It did feel icky, like, we should be past that yeah and yeah uh yeah anyway um although I did enjoy his joke about um the 20s being switched to Harriet Tubman so as soon as he gets them he's gonna do an underground rail I was like Michael Michael you shouldn't have said that but it was really but it was really fucking funny (laughs) um they had a little segment where Beck Bennett played Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. Yeah, which I thought was so on point. Like, there's no reason that that guy is ever going to be on SNL again, but Beck Bennett does a damn good Mike Lindell, so why not get him out there? And Colin Jost is like arguing with him, and he's like, uh, Beck Bennett's talking about how, oh, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a recovered addict, blah, blah, blah. And Colin Jost said something at some point that was like, uh are, are you sure you're okay back then it was like no you're on crack again it was, it was like all right yeah that's, that's solid it was um a lot like he was at one point reading from a memoir i guess and back then it was kind of laughing as he did this yeah um there was a joke about how this uh 2020 was the world's deadly it was the deadliest year for shark attacks and how there were 10 fatalities and colin jose was like adorable said bats it was just like oh shit i like jokes like that (laughs) yeah me too um okay and then there was a joke about the model who was selling bath water which came up when we recorded a classic episode like three or four weeks ago and i didn't even know that was a fucking thing 
And it was like a 1970s joke, but now people are actually doing it and they talked about it on SNL. It was the weirdest fucking wait. Is this happening? I'm so ahead of my time. shit? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. This is, I've always been trying to get into the bathwater industry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there was a bit with, oh, God, I can't remember who played Fran Leibowitz, but. Was it Bo and Yang? It was. It was Bo and Yang, and who the fuck was next to him as Martin Scorsese? I can picture him. Uh, was it Kyle Mooney, or was it not Kyle Mooney? SNL, hang on. Fran Wait, I'm speaking of Kyle Mooney, I, I forgot to mention that he did a Mandalorian theme song in that CD ad. It was, I thought it was hilarious because I fucking love <laughs> Baby Yoda, played by Kyle Mooney. Yeah, and that was what reminded me last night. I was like, God damn it, baby. Yo, what the hell? Yeah, it was Kyle Mooney as Martin Scorsese. And he pretty much just like laughed and bounced up and down on his chair the whole time, which I guess is something he did a lot in that special or in the miniseries. I, I don't know. I, I can't wait to see this. But at the same time, it was like it went on so fucking long that I'm like, all right, guys, this could have been two minutes. Like, we could have had more jokes. We could have had something else. A sketch in the show could have been longer. But I did like that it ended with Kyle Mooney as Martin Scorsese falling off his chair. <laughs> Bowen Yang's friendly boots was like, all right, Marty's out of his chair. We got to go. Marty's on the ground. <laughs> it's like it had happened before. Yeah, no, I agreed. It felt like it was a little bit too long for what it was. Um, they had a lot of, like, guests bits on weekend update yeah i had kathy ann um love kathy ann she wasn't wrong yeah she uh i laughed when she had her little um like line it was tis the east and michael is the sun so i gave him my moon and like she moons him like it's just like (laughs) that was fucking hilarious yeah that I yeah it was just basically I felt like this is kind of a proxy thing where it's like SNL was kind of making a statement but through Cecily Strong as Kathy Ann like if you don't want there to be another coup attempt maybe lock up all of the insurrectionists yeah it it just felt fresh it didn't feel like yeah anyway we've talked about this I just I was just so happy with last night's show and I was like oh good like I wasn't worried that they could do non-political like obviously we know they do non-political and odd very well I'm just happy to see it come through so strongly and like so clearly oh like you said before yeah right but it's like it was the focus wasn't political and it's like the weird stuff and non-political stuff that was written was good I don't know I just feel like we're headed into a very good a very good run for SNL. The cast right now is strong. It's big, some people are going to leave, but it's strong. Yeah, um, I really agree with you. I really loved the next sketch. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about Supermarket Sweep, um, which was hosted by John Krasinski. And there were two couples and one set of gal pals um chris and gina played by um kate mckinnon and 
Edie Bryant, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I was like, wait a minute, what if it wasn't Edie Bryant? Yeah. I also feel like it should be mentioned this took place in the sketch. This took place. The sketch took place in 1991. So it was kind of mocking American values of the early 1990s. And again, I appreciated it. Yeah. They had a joke where um, Adi and Kate, they won or were doing really well in the game. And so they had a little friendship kiss. Um, and they said that a lot of pairs of friends like them do well on the show. And they had a slideshow of the previous winners and it was all lesbians. I thought it was interesting that they chose to end it with Ellen and Portia considering Ellen's uh, controversial, I don't know, place in the discourse of today. Yeah, I did think, um, I did think that was an odd choice, but honestly, I try, I was like, well, who else could they have used? And I couldn't fucking think of any other like super famous lesbian couples. And it was just like, all right, I, I, I guess I forgive them that because I can't do better. So like, I'm sure if they could have used someone else, they would have, but yeah, I just, and this is the first time, I don't know that I've seen SNL, like, I, we've seen sketches that take place in the 70s or 80s. I don't know that I've ever seen one that's actually, like, been stated that it takes place in the 90s. And they're very clearly mocking the homophobia of the early 90s and how they couldn't have lesbians on TV because, you know, God forbid. <sighs> yeah. Interesting so, point. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Oh, thank you. The, the whole thing was great, though. Like it ended with um, Kate, who was like a priest for the Unitarian Church, um, marrying them um, as, friends. as friends. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fucking good. Um, yeah. Um, the next sketch, I thought was kind of odd. Um, It was basically just like two old ad men for Subway who are still writing or they're still, yeah, I'd say they're still writing their former glory as being the guys who found Jared. Um, They're really proud of that. Yeah. And it was John Krasinski and it was Beck Bennett, right? Yes. Andrew Dismukes was like the young guy they'd hired from Chipotle and he's like, how about a sandwich without bread? And it's just a bowl full of meat. Cold cuts. And it's like, yeah, go, yeah. And it was like, all right. I mean, technically that doesn't sound terrible, but why? Like if I want just like random shitty pieces of meat that are smothered in some unknown sauce, I'll go to Arby's. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I, I thought the Keenan Thompson, no, we can't bring Jared back. He is a bad man. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. Keenan Thompson, he had like just some brief moments in this episode, but every moment shone. He's shown. He shined. I don't know. <laughs> uh, both apply. Anyway, uh, I didn't like that the end of the sketch ended with. Um, Beck Bennett and John Krasinski threatening to commit suicide if they were fired. So they were like, they blackmailed Subway into hiring them back. And it was like, I don't know where that came from, but that was gross. It was a bit much. 
yeah it was like oh so the sketch was eh, it was all right and then it just like fucking fell off a oh fell off a cliff i can't use that analogy jesus christ took a very sharp turn yes oh that was it oh okay but there's one more thing that i do want to well there was the machine gun Kali performance all right yeah i didn't write that down either jesus okay (laughs) yeah well it was first of all they like cut or they there was an issue with cutting from the ads and so we didn't see john krasinski introducing machine gun kelly we didn't see the beginning of the song we just kind of or i just kind of saw the end of the song on peacock oh huh Okay, I saw the whole thing. What? Yeah, because I was re-upping my bowl of Annie's in the kitchen, and I definitely heard John Krasinski say, once again, Machine Gun Kelly, because I was wondering if it was Pete Davidson who said it, but it wasn't. Oh, I was actually looking forward to seeing him say it, because the first time he said it, the sweater that he had on was so fucking cool. Oh. I don't know if you noticed it. It was just really cool. (laughs) I did not notice the sweater. Um, yeah, no, Machine Gun Kelly, his second performance was Lonely. And then this was where my ad issues came, or my commercial cutting came, because the camera, you heard the good night music start to play, and the camera flashed to John Krasinski, but then it just, it completely cut to a bumper of Cicely Tyson, who passed away two days before the episode aired. Um, and it was shown in silence, but it's like they cut to good nights and then it went to Cecily Tyson and then it went back to good nights. I don't okay, know who so was I on cameras last night. About Cecily Tyson in my, I mean, unless I like stopped it too early or something. Cause then we went to go look at the cut for time sketches um, to see if there was anything. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I did not check for cut. There for was times. one actually. Oh, okay. We're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go watch this then. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me, yeah, let me just go do this. Okay. All right. SNL. Um, yeah, there was a Cecily Tyson bumper and according to Jim Downey, who we have talked a fair amount about, um, Cecily. Cicely Tyson. We've talked a fair bit about him in Live from New York. He was um, a producer. He is a producer. He was a writer. But uh, Lawrence O'Donnell tweeted on January 28th, SNL veteran Jim Downey tells me the highest rated SNL ever was hosted by Cecily Tyson on February 10th, 1979. It was a 17.6 with a 42 share. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I'm assuming it's really good. She was also the first black woman to host SNL. So, yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, SNL cut for time. I was a little bit shook that they didn't show anything, but maybe I just missed it. <laughs> it doesn't even say cut for time. I don't think. No, it wasn't cut for time. That was in the show. I don't know what happened, but multiple pages got deleted. Um, there was another, are you talking about the Ratatouille sketch? Yeah, I didn't see that until I looked it up. Okay. Okay, that was in the show last okay. night. And yeah, it was literally dude in bed with Chloe Feynman. John Krasinski was in bed with Chloe Feynman. And he's like, I have something to tell you. I'm so nervous, blah, blah, blah. And he takes off this hat, which is a top hat. And she's like, yeah, I thought it was a little weird you didn't take your top hat off, but whatever. And under the top hat is a CGI'd or green screened 
Ratatouille, played by Kyle Mooney, which checks. That's oh, obvious. Yeah. That's who I would pick to do that. Like that was perfect. Um, yeah, I um, Ratatouille is controlled by Bugatui. <laughs> Bugatui, yeah. Who was Aidy Bryant? And that may well no, it's on YouTube. I was gonna say it may not have been on Peacock because it's like Disney. Like as she like flew away, she said something about like this is like it's a bug's life or something like that that did i was like whoa okay yeah <laughs> you just say that huh um yeah how did that end oh it ended with um pete davidson oh. as the the food critic but it's the sex critic um and i thought this was kind of funny watching from across the way yeah and he was basically just like grading their sex and saying that he's seen a lot of sex over the years, but this was the best and he has to get him a sex rat. And I shrieked at sex rat because I don't know, for some reason, Pete Davidson tonight, he was like, he had a good night. He was the standout cast member of the night. And I don't know if that's because his best friend was the musical guest. I don't know if it's just Pete's time to shine, but loved it. I feel like it is his time to shine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Ratatouille. I thought it was funny. It was like, all right, that that's a good 10 to 1. Yeah, and it ended with, um, what's the word? It was like an image that was like a disnified John Krasinski. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, that was the show. And then we had the good nights where Pete Davidson um, – congratulated Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly picked Pete Davidson up and they both tumbled off the stage. And I was like, oh my God, that was so cute. But also please don't be hurt. You're not Chevy Chase. That wasn't on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I've seen too many of those falls. Right? At first I was like, oh, ha, oh shit. No, that was like, at, they didn't plan that. <laughs> I've been conditioned by Chevy Chase's antics. My worst for the night was... um the loser i just didn't like it <laughs> same i didn't laugh well i laughed once when they made the joke about the list of jocks in the wallet and that's concerning but that was literally the only time i fucking laughed i thought it was it no. was stale mm-hmm. it was literally they could have given machine gun kelly a third song i would have preferred to see that bold um <laughs> <laughs> My runner-up was the cold open. Okay. I thought it was pretty good, especially for a cold open. I don't know. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was strong. My runner-up was Blue Georgia. Oh, wow. I I thought it was just punny and, I don't know, I laughed quite a bit. I just thought, I mean, I've lived in, I've lived in Appalachia and, uh, yeah, I just, the idea of a bunch of like dyed in the wool conservative Southerners turning progressively liberal, like like that, I, I just, it it made me laugh way harder than it should it have. Goofy. But again, I was also very stoked. Yeah, it was goofy. Yeah, it was just, there was no point. It was just funny. Yeah. So, um, and what was your best? Supermarket sweep for the lesbians. Nice. Um, yeah, I did think that was absolutely hilarious. And as someone who experienced the 90s, I thought like 
the camera filter they used was great. The outfits were great. It was just wonderfully cheesy. And also like, I, I don't know. It's like, things are still very fucked up. Like, I'm not saying they're not fucked up, but like the world used to be so much more fucked up socially than it is now. Like it blows my mind. I know it only really became legal for gay couples across the US to get married or qu queer couples, LGBTQ, IA plus, I don't know the right- It could be whatever you want. Okay, well, five years ago, it became legal for everyone to get married. And it blows my fucking mind that 30 years ago, it was like, you couldn't even be out on television because people would just be fucking scandalized. Like that's both amazing and pathetic. You know, Ellen did change that. Okay, I kind of have to take back what I, no, I'm not gonna take back what I said about Ellen because she's still no. a crazy fucking motherfucker, but like yeah. she did hit them with a, yep, I'm gay. Yep, she did. And I've actually, I don't know what episode it is, but at some point during Love It or Leave It or Pod Save America, I don't know which one, which podcast it was on, but John Lovett talked about the importance of Ellen and her coming out because he was still in the closet. He knew he was gay, but he couldn't say anything. And to see someone on TV say it, he said it was such a pivotal moment. And he was literally talking about exactly this. Like Ellen is a nasty person to know she does not treat people nicely which is really fucking ironic that she's like the queen of nice or the queen of giveaway on it's like okay i think they doth protest too much um but she she did really knock that door down i think they were talking about the presidential medal of freedom when obama gave her the it's like the highest civilian honor you can get and John Lovett was talking about his conflicting feelings because, you know, she treats people like shit, but she also holds such a special place for him. So, yeah, I have no idea where to find that online, guys. That was a lot. I know. Sorry. That will be way cut down. Um, it took me a while to get there. Kind of a lot. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying it was a lot for me. I was like, oh, sorry. No, my gosh. Like a lot of layers of like. Oh, oh. I was like, oh God, whoops. Yeah, I, I haven't, I've been out of carts for like four days. No. And I actually haven't smoked a ton recently. Cause I was like, oh, okay. This is a good chance to like, you know, uh, lower my tolerance. Yeah, yeah, lower. It's it's a way to kind of make my next few highs really nice. And so I got more and yeah, this one's hitting me. Hello. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, and my best of the night was the cold yeah there was not a damn thing bad about it i thought it was they're really using this whole kate mckinnon playing herself and like i'm not okay like they're really utilizing that very well and it's very relatable in this pandemic how it's like yeah we're still going on with our lives and we're jobs but are we really okay like eh. yeah i like how prominent Kate McKinnon has been. Yeah, I know that she's obviously closer to the end of her reign than not, but with Kenan Thompson, I mean, he's been on the show 17 years now. It used to be five and done. And I remember when I think Bill Hader hit seven or eight and Fred Armisen was right around the same time. It was like, oh, wow, they stayed a few years longer than normal. And then Fred Armisen went to 11 
Kanan's at 17. So it's not becoming like, okay, so in Life from New York, they all talk about how they felt it was like college. You do four years, you do five years, you're out. And it still is that way to a certain extent, but I feel like people are allowed to stay longer if they're happier. There's not as much pressure to be out the door. Yeah. And it's not like an, okay, you have five years to learn all you can. Good luck. It is, hey, come here, build your chops, get good and see what happens. It's vibe out. Yeah, basically though, it doesn't seem as like, oh God, you have five years to make your mark on American culture. Good luck. So yeah, I am. Oh, I also wanted to say, I don't know if Kenan's leaving or not, but there, I don't know if this was an ad on Peacock for you, but he apparently has an NBC sitcom called Kenan starting soon. And I'm like, um, guys, I feel like he's done things. Hasn't he done things? I don't know. Or I'm just making shit up. I don't know. I, I don't know. I honestly, I, I feel like he has, but not nothing as big as a TV show. Not during SNL. I imagine that would be difficult. Maybe it was filmed prior to quarantine because I know there were talks about him getting a TV show a few years ago and then nothing ever came of it. So anyway, um, I'm trying to look into it. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. Um, um, Filmography. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh my God, is he going to be Clifford? Oh my God. If he is the voice of Clifford, I am going to lose my mind. No. He's the vet. Hamburger. He didn't play Clifford. (laughs) What? His role on Clifford the Big Red Dog was Hamburger. I don't know that that he may have done something as Clifford in the past because there's one coming out this November where he's playing the vet. And unless the vet is named Hamburger, I don't know what you're talking about. That is so strange. Hang on. No, this is television work. It's right above Saturday Night Live. Okay. So, yeah. So when he was younger, okay. That's under, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So there's going to be a Clifford movie that comes out this November and he plays the vet in it. That's, that makes more sense. I was like, I I don't know, man, I'm reading the words vet here. (laughs) But yeah, so, um, we're, (laughs) we just hit an hour. Um, our socials are sat night high pod night is spelled n-i-t-e on twitter we're also on uh, youtube facebook reddit and instagram yes um we you can find us on all major podcast platforms itunes stitcher spotify etc if there's one that we're not on that you think we should be on, email us. We are satnighthighpod at gmail. We also have a website, satnighthighpod.com. Yes, I'm Steph. And I'm Gilda. Happy highs. Happy highs. Happy highs.